I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Let's talk about chocolate. Here's a good topic. <laughs> Here's a good topic. Chocolate. Yet another thing we hear is good for us, is bad for us, is it? And, and what kinds? What are we supposed to look for? That seems to be part of the equation, but I'm always looking for the 20% of my indulgences to make them potentially healthy, if possible, right? So I immediately thought of alcohol, right? Oh, again, which I have yet to really delve into, even after 500 episodes. It must be, I must be avoiding it for a reason, but I drink alcohol. And many years ago, when I was looking into it, as I just said, like, I'm trying always to make, if possible, and that's the operative two words, if possible, my 20%, my indulgences. So 80% of the time, as healthy as I can be, 20% of the time, indulgences. And then can we make those indulgences healthier? And the answer is maybe. <laughs> I gave it away. The answer is maybe. And it's always confusing. All right, so yeah, there's so much conflicting information on alcohol and the new kind of research and, and push is that there's no, that, that uh, you know, moderate alcohol consumption doesn't confer the benefits that we thought. And there's one meta study that's being cited recently that makes people who drink alcohol <laughs> not feel good about it. That's not today's topic though. But it's along those same lines, right? Can we potentially make that 20% uh, that we indulge in healthier? And maybe. And yeah, again, like Pinot Noir, red wine back in the day was what I found. This was a while back, right? We could debate the current research and stuff, not today's show. But so often I have friends who ask me why I drink red wine and why I drink Pinot Noir now I like it, and I liked it back then. Uh, I, I find that you know beer doesn't really work with me GI-wise. I was never a big um, hard alcohol person. So I was trying to make my 20% healthier. That's what I tell them, right? Again, we could, we could debate that. Not about today's show. But, you know, the title of this show, Is Chocolate Really Good For You? And you can read that two ways. Like, is it really good for you or is it? really good for you. <laughs> Which word are we emphasizing, right? What do they mean by good, right? So there's a bunch of new research and one interesting, and I love this. Thanks to the internet, I'm going to read you parts of the letter that was sent to the FDA by a company that's trying to get these health claims. And, and let me just say that. I often get off on tangents and forget, like a show's over and I'm like, oh my God, I wanted to talk about that, but the food industry, yes, I'm not a conspiracy theory type person, but I'm a realist. And over the past decade, especially, it's gotten worse and worse, right? The pharmaceutical industry, the the food industry, agriculture, all that stuff. Yes, it's about money and they're trying to confuse you and they are confusing you. And, and that's why even at the end of this show, it's going to be, it depends. That's the answer. Maybe. 
But there's still a way to operate within that realm of knowledge. All right, so is chocolate really good for you? What do they mean by good? You always have to start there. What do they mean? What are the claims? What are the benefits? So let me go to an article, and I'm just going to read a little bit of a sketchy article, but I'm just going to read their supposed claims uh, and potential benefits. So just a bunch of paragraphs. One paragraph is dark chocolate contains valuable nutrients. Okay. That's one of the benefits they propose. Enhances your mood. And they go into, you know, specifics about the compounds uh, in dark chocolate or chocolate. We're going to get to dark chocolate um, that could enhance your mood. I just think like eating treats oftentimes makes us feel good, right? Obviously, there's there's um, physiological reasons for that, chemical reasons, but uh, that's another proposed benefit. Uh, reduces stress, anxiety, right? Uh, again, they go into specifics, but that's why people utilize food, especially treats, chocolate, desserts as coping. Food in general and then sugary foods uh, oftentimes as well as coping mechanism, right? But they go into more specifics, but that is another proposed benefit, reducing stress and anxiety. And then one I will get to, high in antioxidants. Okay, that, uh, lots of research into that. And uh, boosting brain function, interesting. <laughs> uh, it just starts to go, it sounds too good to be true, right? Uh, my red flags are always gonna go up when I start to read this. Uh, but finally, improving heart health, and that's a big one, and that's one that I will focus on primarily here, heart health, right? That's what they're saying, uh, and the claims that I will read to you proposed to the FDA back in 2018, and which just, I think they just ruled on recently, um, really focused on heart health. And so, again, what they're saying is the antioxidants in dark chocolate so there's different types of chocolate, just like there's different types of everything, right? And so this is where, if this is going to be something you do, I'm not a big chocolate person. Um, I'll eat it, don't get me wrong. Girl Scout cookies, I'll eat a sleeve when I fall off the wagon, but uh, I have friends who are just like, love, 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 love chocolate. Um, I enjoy it, I don't seek it out though. Um, but it's fine if you do. I'm not going to yuck your yum, <laughs> right? What's your 20%? That's your 20%. All right, so the antioxidants in dark chocolate have been shown to lower blood pressure, reduce the risk of clotting, and increase blood circulation to the heart, thus lowering the risk of stroke, coronary heart disease, and death from heart disease. Like, that's amazing. It's the number one killer globally, right? So if that's true, that's a good thing. So right now, people, what do I say when, when my approach to this show and to fitness and health in general. We take the science, we take the real world, and then we take um, what we like. And so right now I'm going, this sounds good. This sounds good. If I'm going to indulge in something anyway, this is one of the main takeaways. I always jump ahead and I can't not. Always cut to the chase. If we're going to indulge in something anyway, why not do the best indulgence that we can and I so often now think of this friend of mine I've referenced him before I've asked him to come on he kind of like you know he's it may happen but really smart guy was already really healthy but enjoyed food wasn't working you know we all enjoy food but 
he's a bit of not a bit of a foodie. He's a foodie. He loves great cocktails, wine, all of the above. But the short of it is, years ago when we first met and he started to make fun of what I did, then he started to follow what I did, right? And so he would say, if he was going to have a piece of pizza, he was going to have the best piece of pizza, right? The healthiest, the ones he enjoyed the most. And this is what is so important. This wasn't where I thought I was going to go with this show, but it is exactly where it needs to go. It's the 20% of indulgences can also be healthier. (laughs) They don't have to be, but they can be. And so he's like, if I'm going to, you know, eat anything, why not eat the best of that, right? And so that actually goes to the way the Europeans used to do it. Yes, we've exported our bad habits as Americans, you know, um, from portion size to just unhealthy foods. But, you know, in my travels of the world, you know, going to places like Rome and Paris and other just amazing places. You sit down and you don't do what Americans do and think, what can't I eat? You go, oh my gosh, look at this tiny portion size relative to what we normally eat. But the quality of the food's amazing and you enjoy it and you, you know, savor it. Getting off track, but it's really important. So, because we're connecting chocolate to health and that doesn't make, that, that doesn't sound like it makes sense. But the research is showing that yes, but you have to know the quality and what it takes to make the chocolate potentially beneficial. All right. So here they go. High quality chocolate can be a significant source of magnesium, iron, zinc, copper, and manganese, as well as being high again in antioxidants and heart healthy flavanols. Okay. So that's a big buzzword in this podcast, flavanols, right? Um, and what we're talking about here when we're talking about chocolate is cocoa, all right? And what's the history on cocoa really quickly? Been around for thousands of years. You know, the Mayans used to use it as a form of currency, supposedly, right? And buried their, you know, the rich uh, and famous with it. Uh, it, co- it contains lots of bioactive compounds, again, called flavanols. And so this is why when I talk about, let's focus on what we are consuming rather than what we're not. Don't tell me you're not eating sugar, because you are most often. You just don't know what foods contain sugar. What that means is generally you're saying, I'm not eating desserts, I'm not eating pasta, I'm not eating white things, but you can. You want to have the best of those things, right? And we get positive health effects from things that have bioactive compounds. You don't get the bioactive compounds by not eating something. You need to consume something to get the benefits of that thing. All right, tea and wine. Primary dietary uh, sources of flavanol... (laughs) I need more caffeine. Dietary sources of flavonoids in Eastern and Western societies, okay? Other sources... You've got onions, apples, berries, cherries, soybeans, citrus fruits, leafy vegetables, generally things with color often, right? And this is why, what do you hear so often? Try to make your plate colorful, right? Berries, cherries, citrus fruits, greens. My younger son doesn't want anything green at 13, (laughs) right? And there's a reason why. Okay, start to connect the dots. Common sense, science, put it all together. Um, Again, 
the cocoa has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, okay? So now we've got the antioxidant, we've got the flavanols, we got the anti-inflammatory. That's what we're hearing over and over and over again, right? Looking at the research, it's all about inflammation. We want to avoid that, um, that specific kind, right? And again, studies have shown, and our, show, our studies are showing that the flavanols in cocoa can help improve blood flow, and lower blood pressure, all really important things. Okay, so let's get to this um, specific FDA request. So, uh, article talks about how back in 2018, a company that manufactures chocolate and cocoa products um, in Switzerland petitioned the US Food and Drug Administration to allow the use of a health claim on labels, pointing to the link between the consumption of flavanol-rich cocoa and reduce risk of cardiovascular disease. Again, the heart benefits. Um, and they say now, after an exhaustive review of studies, the FDA has responded. This is what's so cool. So I have the letter here, you can download it. Um, and it's, it's amazing. And I'm just gonna read the claims they asked to make, just so you're aware of what they're trying to get put on the labels, right? And so we've got one, two, three, four paragraphs, four, four um, requests to use this type of information in the labeling. Uh, first one, supportive but inconclusive scientific evidence suggests that consuming at least 200 milligrams of cocoa flavanols daily, now that's important, that's gonna be one of the takeaways, if not the takeaway. Consuming at least 200 milligrams of cocoa flavanols daily, such as provided by high flavanol cocoa powder or high flavanol semi-sweet or high flavanol dark chocolate may reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. This product contains at least 200 milligrams cocoa flavanols per serving. See nutrition information, blah, blah, blah. So this is again, I'm looking at, it says um, the request. So this is the letter back from the FDA to um, this company that is trying to get these qualified health claims. But now we have a number, 200 milligrams, right? At least 200 milligrams of cocoa flavanols daily. And what's going to be interesting, I'm going to tie this all together, that it can be confusing. You're like you think the darker the chocolate, you need to you need to know what you're looking for. Um, second paragraph, second requests, uh, second request. Diets containing at least, here's the number again, 200 milligrams of cocoa flavanols per day, such as provided by high flavanol cocoa powder. So same stuff as the other one. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Can, this is credible scientific, there is credible scientific evidence supporting this claim, although the evidence is not conclusive. That's kind of good, right? That's what so many of these studies should say. <laughs> That's what I say. It's not conclusive. There's an association, not causation. But again, if there's an association and you're going to eat chocolate anyway, why not eat potentially the most healthy? And you have to like it. By the way, if you don't like it, it ain't ever gonna happen, right? But there's lots of options, all right? Uh, again, and they wanna end that claim with this product contains at least 200 milligrams cocoa flavanols per serving. Uh, third one, it's just re, um, reiterating, rephrasing the same stuff, okay? So they're trying to find the right wording that the FDA will approve for their claims on their products. And let me do the last one because it's the shortest. Again, reiterates everything I just said, uh, but this is something you may see soon. 
uh, if not already. Daily consumption of at least 200 milligrams of cocoa flavanols per serving may reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, FDA has determined that the evidence is supportive, but not conclusive for this claim. All right, really interesting. Reading the claims that this company in Switzerland asked the FDA to put on their products. And there's research and now we have numbers, right? 200 milligrams or more, at least or more. So good to know, right? If you're a chocolate person, if you enjoy your chocolate and maybe you're already doing it and good for you if you are, but you know, so many people aren't, they're confused. Um, and hopefully this is helping a little bit. Uh, one takeaway from that FDA request is that the agency says there's not enough evidence to support claims on regular chocolate, the kind most people consume, right? This is what this whole podcast is about. You got to be informed. You got to know the current research. Is it conclusive? No. But we're getting more and more of it, right? Um, and one of the problems they say is that so much of the research comes from the studies of cocoa flavanol supplements, not candy, right? They're not, they're not asking people to eat candy bars and then studying them. They're studying cocoa flavanol supplements, which may potentially make a difference. But here's the confusing twist, yet we'll pull it all back, right? Higher cocoa chocolate may not mean more flavanols. Say researchers, so this is another article that looked at it just to confuse it even more because you go, okay, I get it, Tom. What you're saying is look for higher uh, cocoa and that will mean more flavanols. No, <laughs> right? And they take away, let me give you two quick takeaways from this article. The most familiar quality parameter of chocolate, the cocoa solids percentage has no correlation with flavanol levels, according to a study by the University of Reading, okay? So, goes back to the 200 milligrams, right? And so, what do we know? Cocoa, possible benefits, right? Heart benefits, all those other benefits maybe. Um, but, then you go, okay, so I'm gonna look for the dark chocolate um, with the highest cocoa solids percentage, but no. And... You know, there's a couple reasons for that. Again, you go, mm, why so confusing? This is always the way it is, right? Um, so here's what they say. What they found that the bean origin and processing has an effect. Okay, the researchers found dark chocolate samples tended to have more flavanols than milk chocolate, but the highest cocoa solid samples were not, were not the richest in cocoa flavanols. And the final um, little piece from here, this evidence suggests that not only the inherent flavanol concentration associated with the diverse origins of cocoa beans, but also the diversity of manufacturing methods, right? How it was made, may be able to influence loss of flavanols in finished products. The researchers uh, wrote in the journal, Food Chemistry, okay? And they looked at 41 commercially available dark and uh, milk chocolate brands, this included, you know, a bunch of different um, brands and what they found, clear differences were found amongst milk and dark chocolate samples. The flavanol content of milk chocolates was considerably lower than those found in dark chocolate. So again, you start there, right? Milk chocolate versus dark chocolate. Um, 
But one final takeaway from that, uh, there's an EU-approved health claim to say dark chocolate with 200 milligrams of total flavanols contributes to normal blood flow. And so that's it. We're looking for flavanols. According to this research, we're looking for 200 milligrams or more. So again, not milk chocolate, dark chocolate, but just dark chocolate is not enough to say that you're going to get these proposed benefits, but 200 milligrams. I love when we have a number and I can go deeper into specifics, type of flavanols and things like that, but we don't need to. (laughs) We don't need to. There's so much to get to in what makes us healthy. This is where I, my goal is to distill it down as quickly and scientifically as possible. But there's no conclusive, I'm not concluding anything. What I'm concluding is what I started by saying. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a name to this friend of mine because it's, it's, he's, did I say like he's in the best shape of his life? I think he's, uh, he just had his 50th birthday because he's doing all the little things. He's maximizing everything, even his indulgences. And that doesn't mean, as I say that out loud, it sounds like you're, I'm saying like, oh, but that's gonna reduce your enjoyment of your indulgences. Absolutely not, right? What do you think's higher quality oftentimes? The milk chocolate or the dark chocolate? And I know that obviously can taste different, but this is why it's a journey both finding your exercise that you enjoy, finding your healthy foods that you enjoy, and now finding, if possible, when possible, your healthiest indulgences. And that's possible for everything. All right, one final study, and then we're gonna call it a day. Um, This was in Current Research in Food Science, October 2022. Dark chocolate, an overview of its biological activity, processing and fortification approaches, okay? Kind of ties into what I just read you about how the processing seems to make a difference um, and the fortification uh, is what they're doing, right? And so a lot of the studies are done on those supplements. Um, I'm gonna read you just the abstract. Here we go, part of it. Dark chocolate gets popularity. By the way, that's how it's written. (laughs) Dark chocolate gets popularity for several decades due to its enormous health benefits. (sighs) And whenever I see a word like enormous, again, my red flag goes up. I'm just going to always be honest with you. It contains several health-promoting factors, bioactive uh, components. And again, that's polyphenols. We're talking wine again, too. You know, I don't want to go there. But similar things in wine and dark chocolate. Polyphenols, flavonoids, um, theobromines, etc., and vitamins and minerals that positively modulate the immune system of human beings. Okay, that's the first we heard of immune system, right? Um, It confers safeguards against cardiovascular diseases, certain types of cancers, that's first for this podcast, right? And other brain-related disorders like Alzheimer's disease. Wow, now like, it's a superfood. Parkinson's disease, etc. Dark chocolate is considered a functional food due to its anti-diabetic, anti-inflammatory, and antimicrobial properties. It also has a well-established role in weight management. Obviously, there's a caveat to that, but yes, um, in certain situations. And the alteration of a lipid profile to a healthy direction. 
But during the processing of dark chocolate, several nutrients are lost, polyphenol, flavonoids, blah, blah, blah. So fortification would be an effective method of enhancing the overall nutrient content and also making the dark chocolate self-sufficient. Thus, the focus of this review study is to gather all the experimental studies done on dark chocolate fortification. Okay, I don't want to go into specifics of that. The fortification is not what we're really um, concerned with here, but that's what you're going to look for. That number um, will be affected by the fortification, depending on what you are consuming. I wanted to read you all those proposed benefits. A little shocking. But let's assume, let's again, real world. Let's assume a couple of those are true. Why would you not make your dessert, your indulgence, potentially beneficial? And you can do that. All right, final. I'm just going to read you the conclusion. Uh, nutritional aspects of dark chocolate were improved after fortification. The fortification was done with numerous ingredients like fruits, uh, probiotics, and prebiotics. Those fortifications were aimed not only to improve the nutritional qualities of the dark chocolate, but can also be used for a therapeutic purpose to avoid the early occurrence of degenerative diseases. Wow, right? Uh, researchers have found that fortification upgrades platelet functioning and enhances cardiovascular health. We keep hearing that over and over, right? Cardiovascular health, that's the number one health benefit I think we should focus on here. All the other stuff will come later, uh, different podcasts. Uh, even some replacement studies focused on the uh, calorie reduction of chocolate for the weight management of an obese person. The most prominent health benefit is the prevention of cancer due to the excellent antioxidant property. Cancer. Wow. So antioxidants, right? Really important. Uh, inflammation, preventing inflammation. Here's the words you're just going to start hearing more, uh, more and more, right? Flavanols, polyphenols. We want to consume healthy foods and healthier indulgences that confer benefits. And you can. This is why in the blue zones always comes back, Right? You know, I know there's, in the blue zones, people eat everything in moderation. Eat and drink everything. Okay, it's not about what they don't eat. It's about what they do eat and drink and work and move. And it's not about exercise. It's about movement. And the vast majority consumes some type of alcohol. It goes against the studies we're seeing now. And so that is what I, where I'm always going. I don't look at one area. I don't just look at the studies. I don't just look at the anecdotal. I don't just look at my experience. I take all of that, and then I look at people who live a really, really, really long time. And that's what the Blue Zone is all about. Places in the world, pockets, where groups of people live a really long time. What do they do? It's just like when I started competing, bringing this all home. When I competed, started competing in marathons and triathlons, Ironmans, ultra marathons, you know what I did? I studied the science and a lot of that was in my, you know, education, master's work and, and beyond. And then I studied the people who were successful. What are they doing? What are they drinking and eating? What are they doing in training? Because those people, as I say, if they don't win, place high, they don't eat especially in those type of jobs, endurance athletes, not a lot of money. So they are going to do whatever it takes to go as fast as they can. As I say that out loud, it sounds like something illegal. <laughs> that too, 
but study the science, study those who have done it, study those who have lived past 100. What are the commonalities, right? Moderation and the highest quality of whatever we can consume. Enough, enough, uh, 200 milligrams. That's our number, all right? If you're a chocolate person, start doing a little bit of homework. Find that best chocolate if you can, or just leave your indulgence what it is. I don't ever, again, I'm gonna give you the benefit. If you're like, listen, Tom, I don't need to make my indulgence healthy. You don't. And if you do 20% of the time, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be amazing. Most people are 2080, the opposite way. But over time, if you wanna keep getting healthier and find something that you enjoy the taste of, that is an indulgence, that has some proposed, proposed incredible, you know, myriad benefits, past heart health and all the other stuff, cognitive that they're talking about, amazing, okay? <sighs> Perfect. Uh, Tom H. Fit, Instagram, Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Lots of, of uh, content coming to you. Uh, major changes, um, doing a bunch of things now, new things that um, are gonna benefit us all. Uh, and so go to Tom H. Fit. You can message me right through uh, those social media platforms. You can go to teamholland.com. Um, fitnessdisrupted.com, the website. Email me through the website. See my books and a bunch of other videos and things like that. I'm gonna start promoting my YouTube page because uh, I'm gonna be putting a lot more content there as well, workouts and things like that. Um, I think it's Tom Holland Fitness. <laughs> Tom Holland Fitness, I believe. I will um, make sure. It shows how much time I've been spending there, but I will be spending much more. Um, Micro Workout Plan is the newest book. Uh, and if you have read that, please... Um, an Amazon review, greatly appreciated. And please follow this show, subscribe, Fitness Disrupted 2.0, whatever you can do, comment. Mm, what other ways? I don't even know. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Rate, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple, I would greatly appreciate a review there as well. Uh, rating, whatever you do. All right, gonna bring you the best content, the best research, the best science, and then we're gonna say, does that make sense? Can we use that? How do we use that? How do we fit that into our lives, all right? Because that's what it's all about. Us all living our longest, healthiest life. It's not just enough to live a long time. Great quote I'd never heard before, something to the effect of, most people, and they used a different number, I'm gonna change it, most people die at 40 and are buried at 80. Think about that. A little depressing. <laughs> I don't like to end on a depressing note. Remember, there's three things we all control, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, and that is awesome. You just need the right, the best information, right, to make the best choices. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Here is Jack Lane on my radio show a couple of years back. Believe in yourself. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you.